Welcome to Faith, Love, and Therapy, a podcast to encourage and inspire. I'm your host, Jamie Johnson, therapist working in the field of mental health for the last 10 plus years. I am excited about spiritual and emotional wellness, and I'm grateful today for a guest that is also excited about emotional wellness. And I'm here this morning with Miss Raquel of Hope Change Inspire. I want to get it in the right order. Because uh, I think it's important. Hope, change, inspire. And her platform is doing wonderfully. And I wanted just to sit down and talk with her today. And I'm excited. So, Raquel, if you will tell the audience just a little bit about yourself and about the platform that you have. Um, yeah, wherever you want to start. Okay. So, yes, like she said, my name is Raquel. I'm the founder and organizer of Hope, Change, Inspire, which is a New York based organization that's for any really big mental health advocacy, but for homelessness prevention, uh, suicide prevention, human trafficking, um, education, awareness, really, and, and addiction too. Because um, I have my, um, I have my, like I'm working towards my KSAC, which is a certified alcohol substance abuse counselor trainee. Um, and so that's something I specialize in. And also as a counselor, I'm a therapist. I specialize in trauma and um, sexual exploitation. And then also I, like I said, one of the passions of mine, one of the reasons the organization's around is for human trafficking awareness. And I uh, worked with some law enforcement down in Mississippi about the dangers of human trafficking and uh, what can we do that would be better. So then I then I got a human trafficking investigator certificate. So that was one of my biggest accomplishments. I think That's I was like, it's like, yeah, I like I I definitely was um was so thankful that I had that opportunity. And yeah, so this or this organization just keeps on growing, and I'm so thankful for that. And um, I just really want to spread advocacy, hope. Because when we have hope, we have a future. Yeah. And um, I think that's so important to remember and that there's a possibility of change. You know, yesterday doesn't determine tomorrow, like how you're doing today. And then, um, and then inspire us just to inspire others. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's one of my favorite words. You know, when we think about what you want to what what you want to leave behind. Mm -hmm. And encouragement is one of those and inspiration is one of those for me. Yeah. Yeah. How long has your uh foundation, how 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 long have you been doing this work? Oh wow, I think um 2019. I know it says it on my profile picture there, but I think it was established in 2019. Gotcha. So yeah. 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 So it's been around for a while just before COVID hit. Oh, that's, wow. Yeah. So that's when, um, that's when it started. Mm -hmm. And then for a while I got so busy with school, I wasn't paying so much attention to it, but now after school's done, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm back at it. So, uh, yeah, I'm really thankful for like all the connections that I've made through it too. Like for you, for instance, like, you know, sharing common interests, with therapy and ministry and faith and also just been able to do some outreach with it which I'm trying to 
you know, boost. So new year, new things. That's right. Was there, was there something that just kind of catapulted you into this area or do you feel like it it has been something on your heart? What, because there's so many heavy hitters, right? Trauma, I mean, Mm -hmm. which umbrella of trauma, but um, homelessness and sex trafficking, all of those are, are really heavy, mm-hmm. you know, areas of focus. And so when you think about all of those, is there something that just kind of drives you or has led you to, to focus in on these areas of need? That is a great question. I was actually having this discussion with a coworker the other day, mm-hmm. and I think one thing kind of just led to another. So I took a course like an introduction course in um, sexual trauma, which led to want me to learn more about, okay, well, wow, what else is there? So then I would take like Arizona Trauma Institute is great for like extra like certifications and everything. So then I went on there to look more into what sexual exploitation is, sex trafficking, human trafficking. That's really what got me started into like, oh my gosh, how can I fix this? Not that you know, I'm a fixer. I'm like, that's, I guess, an issue with the therapy. The therapy. I'm a fixer. Here, so. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, what can I do about this? So um, then also I live in New York City, like right outside. So when it's, it's I used to live off of Jamaica not live sorry used to work off of almost moved there Jamaica Avenue in Queens and um just there's a lot of areas that I don't think people realize where human trafficking happens so often and like there is a motel by me that just got busted for human trafficking and it's been there forever and you know it's like so Thankfully, thankfully they got busted, you know, but it happens in our backyards, especially over in New York. And I feel like people don't realize that. So that's definitely one of my jobs to be like, hey, you know, Um, and then I worked a little bit for a foundation that I love, Doc Ellis Foundation. They uh, work with uh, missing persons that can be you know from human trafficking or whatnot uh they're great but unfortunately my schedule did not align with what I could do but shout out to them absolutely yeah that that's I mean that that kind of experience walking it's kind of like you walked into it it's the the different steps like started to open up the door started to open up um as we say and I think that that helps to really expose or help you to see something that is for you, right? As it just kind of like unfolds. Um, but you you mentioned um, like hotels nearby, and mm-hmm. and that's I think that's hard where there it's like in plain sight. I think that's what I hear often. Like mm-hmm. you don't see it, but mm-hmm. it's happening around us. Yeah. Yeah. And most of us, so we need you to bring awareness to kind of what what we're supposed to be looking for, because mm-hmm. uh, this is a topic that, and I think a movie, right? Uh, did it come out this year? Uh, Sound of Freedom, that movie? Right. Was that yeah. this year or last This year. This year, I think, yeah, yeah. Sound of Freedom came out, and so there was more dialogue. I've mm-hmm. noticed more dialogue about that. Um, but also, when you when you say the the connection, you know, homelessness and the studying that you're doing, help us see the connection between homelessness and sex trafficking 
Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, I made connections through like Hope Change Inspire as well in terms of homelessness and addiction advocacy. And so what I've noticed a lot with the homeless population, at least with um, like where, if I would just take the train into Grand Central or wherever it may be, that a lot of them are just like, it's almost like the system failed them. They, it's just dealing with and coping with mental health without the proper tools. And so um, I've met some wonderful people. And then when I went to, um, and then human trafficking comes into that, especially if it's homeless youth, because mm -hmm. that's where the, the pimps are like, wow, here's an opportunity of a really vulnerable person that doesn't have a house, that doesn't have money. I could promise them a great job. I could promise them a wonderful place to live. But then they make it as in like, oh, well, you live here, so you have to pay me back money. And then this is a way you could do it. You know, I'm going to just stay in this hotel room. I'm going to book appointments for you. And so that's that's how it especially can go for youth. Then as uh, as um, someone also grows older, prostitution can, whenever there's a demand, there's there's going to be pimps trying to get money from it. So even with prostitution and even with, I mean, I know this is kind of sidetracking a little bit, but even with OnlyFans, I feel like people think that that would never happen with that. But there's been stories too, most recently I read where there's, you know, unconsensual, like this is kind of getting dark, sorry. <laughs> dark, okay. like rape, you know, happening. And then OnlyFans allows it to upload to the platform, but back to, um, which is dangerous. So back to like the homelessness, um relationship to human trafficking so i went up to kensington um the i don't know if you're familiar with like the it's a huge fentanyl um and trank epidemic up there and so i did some outreach with these wonderful um people up there part of a church and i love them so much and so each time i like went up there you see of course the uh homelessness struggle there and then also addiction on top of that how are people paying for addiction you know their su supply to uh, feed their addiction right. and then for women and men for women and men can lead to pimps being vulnerable all right here you go you know and the pimps supply the drugs too you know so that's that's how it kind of all relates which yeah. is very very sad it is. It it sounds like a very vicious cycle because once the addiction is there, you know, there's mm -hmm. the need to continue in order to maintain, you mm -hmm. know, getting high. And then the pimp knows that and just kind of continue the cycle. Um, mm -hmm. What do you notice helps to break that cycle? What I notice, love, kindness, and compassion, understanding, no, let not, not the not the, you know, especially if you're coming at it from a Christian perspective, definitely not the you're sinning, you're going to hell. Like that's just not right. Just not going to work. Yeah. At least from what I've seen, that does not work. You know, you need to show if, you know, so I like to say like, I'm a Christian first before I'm, you know, a therapist or this. So if, when I come into circumstances where I'm 
you know, talking with someone that's homeless or someone that's struggling with housing or um, addiction or they have to unfortunately um, make money and one of their, a lot of what the women do are, you know, selling. Yeah. selling themselves um which also it's it's I just think about how this is this is who I'll maybe judge okay I'll judge the people that are like I'm gonna go and pay for that really vulnerable person that's that's when I'm like you know what yeah. so but what helps break the cycle is definitely the the love showing that they're loved that they're worthy because they're being tell, told over and over again that they're nothing they're worthless and just making sure you boost their, their self-esteem, self-confidence up and know that God loves them. Yeah. yeah. Are they receptive when you start out with, I am a Christian? Are they, are they receptive generally, you know, typically to that? If, if you are showing love, I <laughs> definitely notice that. So if, um, if I'm in a circumstance and I, re I remember there is this, I'll never forget this. There's this, uh, there's this guy, he was, uh, he had just gotten surgery on his back because he had an infection from injecting phenyltrank um, there. It's, um, it's, it's horrible what it can do to your body. Um, and so we were giving away Bibles along with clothes, food. They brought two barbecues up there. I was like, whoa, you guys did a lot. So, you know, that group was awesome. Uh, but yeah, so he said, Hey, I'm sorry. He came back and he returned the Bible. He's like, I can't on my back. It's too much. And, you know, God's God's works in weird ways sometimes. Cause I was like, wait, I have a pocket Bible on me. And he was like, you do thank you. Like he was just so excited because he wanted, you know, he wanted to learn, he wanted to read more. And so yeah. there are people that are definitely receptive. And, uh, especially when you're showing with, love care and also permission can i pray for you instead of mm -hmm. just pray. you know just the can i and most of the time it's yes most yeah. i've had one no out of many many people yeah. and which is fine i respect it i don't know what religious trauma they have you know right. they might have. so yeah. so yeah yeah that's big I, I love the idea of of permission Right. I mean, we can do our, our silent prayers. We can do all of that, but that permission to connect and not forcing ourselves on mm -hmm. people, especially populations that are very vulnerable mm -hmm. and are, are, and anticipate being taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. I think the idea of being able to say, is this something that you want goes deeper than just, you know, it's love, but it's like, it's love. And I see you, I see that you have the right to choose whether or not I want to you want to engage with me. Um, and so that's, that's, I feel like that's a deeper love. That's kind of like, not just that surface. I want to make sure you're okay. It's that I want to make sure that this, this is okay with you in, yeah. inside. So I love that. I think, um, talk to me a little bit about your faith journey, because I, I don't, I don't know. I think it's, I think about me in certain environments and I'd probably be crying or I'd, I'd be like, okay, I gotta. There's been times, there's been times where I've, um, you know, I've, I've definitely gone home and, and cried or if someone was sharing their story, I'm trying to, you know, yeah. but sometimes I'm like, excuse me, let me just, mm -hmm. I, might, I might cry a little bit right now, just fair warning, but, uh, you know, to them, uh, but, uh, yeah, so 
I think I'm a very, I'm a very like, all right, this is the problem. Um, of course, with empathy and compassion, but let's let's go see what the next the solution could be. Yeah. And um, so one step at a time. Um, so I don't get too overwhelmed with an environment that I'm in. Um, and then I was also talking to my coworker about this the other day too. I said, like, what's some of your self-care? Mm-hmm. You know. And he said that uh he's learned to just give it to God at the end of the day and say, I did everything I could do. Yeah. And now I'm just I'm not God. I'm just gonna say, Hey God, this is what I'm working with and then pray for them yeah that's yeah. how that's how I try I try I tend to do it like on on my way back I you know do my silent prayers like you said silent prayers and then um and then yeah just making sure that um as long as long as I keep God before me mm-hmm. and I don't try to control so much of the outcome mm-hmm and that'll because then that's when I get really like why is it not happening this way and you know and so I have to make sure God's like there yes yes that he is he is leading we are we are following yeah yeah I do you were you raised Christian were you have is has this been your story always oh I love this question um I love sharing my faith story um because one of my goals on this planet is to help as many people come to, well, of course it'd be all God's work, but go to, you know, God um, and have their belief. So, um, so yeah, uh, my dad and mom were definitely in the religion. I think it started off as the tradition because I was raised Catholic. So uh, it was, I had to go through all the steps. And one day what hit me was um, I was in line to get like my confirmation, you know, part of the Catholic tradition. And there's this girl, like we were graduating, you know, graduating from the confirmation. We completed all the sacraments and whatnot. And there's this girl behind me that would bully. I think I was in middle school or high school around there. There's this girl behind me waiting online who would just bully me ruthlessly. And I was like, I don't understand. You know, I was like a little kid, like, like, why is she, you know, going through all this, but she's like really mean. Like, so I was like, I don't want to be that person. I was like, that is not who I want to be. I want to be a Christian. I want to show that I love people and that I have my moments where I get frustrated. I do. I'm definitely not perfect, but, um, I did. That's, that was like a key moment in faith of how I wanted to live. And then, I went to, oh, so I went to a, um, a Christian college and, uh, for my master's, I didn't finish there because I absolutely did not like it. I saw so much judgment down there. There was so much just like unacceptance. I like just, it really frustrated me. Uh, then I decide like so that I experienced like a lot of church hurt from that uh thankfully through and then another experience with church hurt but thankfully like I am so thankful that none of those experiences affected my faith because like God was reminding me that these are people uh, they're 
part of this like fallen world and it's not me I would never do this to you you know so I just always kept my faith I am so thankful right now where um I found a church that I feel at home with I got baptized there and also um sharing your testimony can be so so powerful if like um who's ever listening if they feel like man maybe I don't want to share it it could be so impactful I remember oh that's kind of how I felt at first but when I shared my testimony uh this man came up to me afterwards and was like thank you like my son he's he was on the fence but now you know now he believes and and I was like that's all God but that's just shows like testimonies are so so powerful absolutely absolutely it's and it's interesting your awareness right your awareness at that young age I was talking to my mom actually yesterday um because I had asked her a question and trying to remember back when we were when I was younger if um like we were attending children's church or did we stay in church it was the question that I, I had asked her and she was like no for the most part y'all were in service with us that type of thing because I um it came from the a discussion about children's faith formation, right? And in that, um, like that 12 and 13 year age is kind of <clears throat> where they may start to fall away, where we typically think that it's happening more when they like go to college and they're they're exposed, but there's the opportunity in that window mm -hmm. they could begin to fall away and think and not believe anymore. And it's kind of solidified by 16 is what they say, not solidified, but kind of takes hold by 16 of like, no, I don't really believe. Mm -hmm. And I think that age, like your awareness at that age of, cause that is middle school, right? That's, that's tortured years. Middle school is tortured years <laughs> yeah. where there's absolutely the opportunity to say, you must not be real because I'm going through a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think they're so vulnerable, right? Um, and so having that, being able to have that awareness of like, why and ask instead of, instead of just observing and saying, well, this must be wrong, you know, and, and I think it's so amazing that we're having this dialogue and, and, and I had that conversation yesterday because it's almost like confirmation, right? There's a moment when you're very young in that, in that period of time where it can go left or right. Mm -hmm. And we're just thinking, oh, they're fine. They're going to do what they see. Mm -hmm. But you saw more than just like the class. You saw why is this person who is so mean, like in the same line? But, but God's, I mean his, his love is just so that the fact that he he literally chases us down. Like don't, don't <laughs> yeah. He's like no 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 don't think that he chases us down. But I, I just wanted to draw attention to that like that moment for our listeners because that is that's probably a lot of people's story, right? Is that there's a moment where something is happening that we're questioning, mm -hmm. questioning, is this, is this true? Is this real? Are you true? Are you real? And I think I see that a lot and, I, and I'm going to turn it over to you in a minute, but I see that a lot in practice um, with younger people. I don't see as many young people, but with younger people for sure. But then I'm also seeing it in, you mentioned church hurt, in this population that has grown up and known church, like they've been in church, their parents have been in church, they, you know, their grandparents have been there and they're questioning because of their mental health. They're questioning because of their experiences. They're 
questioning because of the people that are in church and have treated them a certain way. And so I'm wondering, like in your practice and, and with with the populations that you serve who have the absolute, you know, justifiable reason to say there cannot be a God because look at my life. How do you remain in that place of just like certainty and convey that? How do you how do you do that? I like that. You're asking a lot of good questions. I like that. Um, how do I convey that? Okay. So I definitely pray before yes. you know I'm doing something like major like that. And then I and I say, God, just give me the tools that I need. Um be with me, guide me, um help me say whatever whatever needs to come out of my mouth to help them um if it's very like um you know very touchy circumstances where because there will be people that say you know this happened in church and then that's that's sometimes where I'll give my disclosure and I'll say if it if, you know if I feel it's appropriate I'll I'll say um maybe if I'm not out maybe if I'm outside of the counseling like room and session and I'm out like on the streets um then I'll share more but even um even in inside the sessions I'll disclose if I feel like that's something that they could benefit from um and that it'll help the client realize like okay you know maybe not everyone not every human is horrible maybe they're just there's these people that are not nice at all and uh, so, yeah, I, and then also out, working outside the counseling, I'm sorry if I'm talking too much, I apologize. <laughs> okay. And then sometimes outside of the counseling session, um, that's where there is, they're very, 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 and also being open about church hurt, it also is, they're, they're being vulnerable when they're saying that. So I very much so appreciate when people talk about it. Um, Thankfully, some churches are starting to now, uh, but, you know, we can't ignore it anymore. It happens, you know, no church is perfect. So because of the people in there, you know, and um, and so, yeah, so I'll just I'll just approach with love. I, I know I keep on repeating that, but really, that's what I need to do. I need that's to just love um, yeah. um, understanding. Hey, if you feel strongly about uh you know this subject we don't have to you know I don't have to pray for you right now if you don't want I don't you know I'm not gonna force you to take a bible you know like and and that's also that's not the um like full discussion also so we're not like here here take the bible here listen to my preaching you know it's, it's just wanting to show love and if they want to um then I invite them if they'd like to pray or take a bible or take a little pamphlet thing um and then if they have any questions I ask I ask if you have any questions and they could ask me one of our buddies yeah so you, it sounds like you meet a practical need but you also then have the moment um of sharing and invitation mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. and all of those things are done in love mm -hmm. so that, you know, they're not feeling um, 
bombarded, mm -hmm. but they're feeling supported in that moment. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I just saw an unfortunate incident the other day of, um, I'm also very passionate about advocacy for uh, disabilities. And I saw this incident the other day on a podcast, a Christian podcast, and they were like, and they were making fun. The comments were ruthless, like of all Christians, just making fun of someone that's struggling with a disability. And I was like, I was like, this is, this is just not okay. You know, like you're, you're a Christian first before you try to make people laugh. You definitely don't do it if you're going to, you know, with disabilities. So that's one thing as a Christian. And then I look at moments like that too. And I'm like, that's who I don't want to be. So then I'm like, all right, how can I show love? How can I show kindness? And I'll just, maybe people have experienced that, you know, before where they've been made fun of in the church or they felt so unloved and so unaccepted or, you know, been to places that just kept on telling them over and over again, like, you're going to go to hell. And then they just felt like they were a horrible person and there's no saving them. But you have to remind people that they're so wonderful. They're worthy. You know, God made them. God knows you. Like you said, he'll chase you down. He'll find you, you know? And um, yeah, so that's just love always I always encourage love just love one another like you like because when people are not perfect I'm not perfect and what if I was to just go out and judge everyone like what does that say about myself you know I can't be all high and mighty like that like so just um just approach with an understanding really what Jesus would do that's where WWJD comes in handy very you know comes in handy so much yeah even without the bracelet just like living it, mm -hmm. living it. yeah and, and that's what I hear I hear that you are modeling how Jesus would have met with them how they would have how he would have spoken with them how he would have loved them and invited them to follow him right not the not the like y'all are y'all are going to go to hell. Y'all aren't going to make it, you know, but the, the invitation to, um, commune with him and you, you have that, that moment with them, the invitation and, you know, you get to choose either way, I'm going to love you in this moment, but you get to choose how you feel and what you want to do. Um, and I think that's beautiful. I think it's very humble, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's living from that place of that pace of words, place of humility. Um, that we are called to live uh, from and to operate from, especially in this in this world, the way that things are. But um, so I, I love that. I love the compassion that you have for a group and a, a population of people that rarely receive that. And I think that's why it's so powerful is because um, especially homeless individuals, um, all of them, but when I think about what I see you know, compassion is what they're looking for. You know, when we're, when we're all trying to kind of look the other direction, I'm like, mm -hmm. mm, I can't do anything about that. Mm -hmm. But to be invisible and to be so visible at the same time is mm -hmm. like, I think it's emotionally damaging. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. very emotionally damaging because we see them. We mm -hmm. see them. Yeah. Yeah. We, we act as though we don't see them. And what does that do to our emotional well-being? Mm -hmm. 
have that experience, right? To, and even, you know, some already having mental health struggles, many of them. So what does that, what does that do? And I think, I think you provide us with an opportunity to know how to, to proceed with compassion and to not, um, to not ignore. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then, then there's, you know, people who say like, well, I don't want to give them money. They're going to use it on drugs. And I'm like, okay, so then don't give them money. Why don't you, if that's, you feel uncomfortable with that, then, um, then go, go ask if they need anything from a store. You know, do they need socks? Sometimes what I do is I just carry around like a bunch of food and stuff. And um, I've only had one person yelling at me and it was because I didn't have pizza. Understandable. I think I would have yelled too. I had a peanut butter jelly sandwich, not pizza. So yeah. <laughs> that, that was the only instance I ever had where it was like, whoa. But um, so I don't, I don't really want people to be scared either, but that's, I guess, something that maybe what someone has to learn, um, because they're people, they're humans, you know, um, uh, oh yeah, um, then, I mean, and also it's just, just as much as I'm, I'm talking about helping, uh, them they also help me they're like there's so many connections that I was able to form um where you're just really they're just really caring and kind and mental health not receiving the right services or other things led to the moment parents a bit like like when, the next time some like a listener someone sees someone on the street someone that's um maybe struggling with addiction or homelessness just say you don't know the circumstance everyone has their own journey you know mm -hmm. there's someone that was kicked out of their house at 16 in which then led to a pimp like trying and then just wasn't able to get off the this you know the street since but what you can do is you can provide resources if they would like yeah. and then you could ask if they want a prayer um and you know just just do all things in love yeah yeah and I'll attach some resources including your page um for the listeners after this is over for both homelessness and sex trafficking so if there's things you want to share with us or with me um please do so that I can also share to the audience so that they have some resources. But it, but one question that did come across my mind is when going back to sex trafficking for a minute, and I know we're time is moving. Um, but I wanted to ask, um, what do we what do we look for? What are we looking if right. if yeah? What are we looking for if we think that it may be happening or yeah? Help us. What do we look for? All right. So it, it can depend on what age, but there's, so I guess we'll start a little bit younger. So if you see like a young person, maybe in high school, middle, like that age, because it can happen even younger, it can happen in elementary school where the parents disgusting that the parent, usually it's, usually it's by someone, you know, but, um, but when, 
some things to look out for. Okay, if someone is is not doesn't look like they have like the best dressed clothing or anything like that, but then all of a sudden they start getting like the newest phones, they start getting you know really expensive jewelry, uh, things like that, or because that's like a a pimp or someone being like, here's your reward. Here's I want you to trust me. Someone that's younger that has a really older like boyfriend or um that's the person that's gonna end up you know trying to drag them in uh what's their also in regards to physical appearance like do they look well kept or it's it depends because sometimes people can be well kept because that's the way that the pimp wants them to look you know but or or others sometimes the pimps or who's ever prostituting them out and trafficking them does just just does not care and um could be wearing the same clothes every day in school and things like that and um because the parents are just like neglecting the child so uh another thing that is a very very um promising sign of trafficking are tattoos um, they're like the branding of of the pimp and trafficker. So I've I've seen it on people, you know, usually each trafficker has like their own little sometimes it's a bar barcode in like an area that's visible but not so much. So sometimes right. like the neck, chest, um, yeah, that's they like to brand the person. You're my property and uh so that's something else to look for. Um, what well, I'm trying to think, so it was barcode tattoos, then sometimes it's it's like a flower with the trafficker's name or, or a lot of um, like crowns. Like, so those are like popular ones. Um, what else to look for? Just sometimes when there's, um, not all the time but when someone kind of starts using drugs like almost instantly and they never seem like, like a sudden change in behavior you know yeah. that's that's something there and then if we're we're going on to the um the homelessness addiction area it's really I, honestly I would say that like that um that a lot of the people who are, um, this is making me sad. So it's like a lot of people that are um, homeless, the women population, it's, uh, they've definitely come in contact with some sort of sexual assault, especially the women. I'm not saying that the men aren't um, because they're certainly trafficked as well, but for looking on the streets um seeing if there's sometimes there will be someone lingering like a pimp or john they'll be you know they'll be lingering there um if the woman or man is on the you know in an area where it's popular traffic to get um johns then there will usually be like someone um a guy in the far distance kind of just watching 
and uh yes that, that's that's the stuff that I would always look for like the tattoos was a big thing yeah say. that blows my mind yeah, yeah. It's, it really it really is it's it's just another control technique you know right, right. my goodness mm -hmm. So when we do suspect, we just call 911 or is there a different process? So what I usually do, um, it's, it differs from like when I'm in the session and then um, mm -hmm. outside. So when if I'm in a session, I definitely try to like cry more. Um, cry sounds kind of like a strong word but like you know I try to just say you know like what's this what's this what's this family dynamic going on um and then take like action from there when I'm outside um a lot of people don't want cops involved um so um I'll give the resources or if um or if they do I'd say do you want me to call the cops you know and then I'll give them all their resources that they need. Um, yeah, that's, 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 that's what I do. That's what I do. Yeah, no, it's, and, and I ask only because in my brain, I'm thinking, well, do I just immediately report it? Because I don't know that they're going to say that it, it, this is what's happening. And it, you know, that, that may be a, you know, if I'm out and, and I see something or, um, but I, I hear like asking and exploring a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, and and then also providing resources, which you know, gathering those together. I think those are good to have. Um, and actually, I think it would be beautiful if you know churches could have those resources and 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 that sort of thing. So um, when they are having youth programs and groups and and things like that, they're able to share that information not just with youth, but definitely with youth. Mm -hmm. So I'll definitely it puts in my mind now to do some work. Um, to explore some research resources in, in our area. Um, oh, I'm sorry. One more thing that I forgot that is like the most important part to mention, call a human trafficking hotline and you can definitely do that. Okay. Um, if it's suspected, call the, call the human trafficking hotline and then they'll give you like further steps of what you need to do. So you definitely report it. Okay, great. Okay. Okay. So I, I'm going to, kind of wrap up we're almost at the at the hour but I wanted to just kind of ask you if if there is because you shared a lot about you know your heart and what you do and just kind of if there are kind of last words for the audience your your hope your mission what you'd like to encourage or inspire them to do um and where they can find you um, provide your platform information too yeah so um well, I'm Hope Change Inspire, so you can find me on Instagram at Hope Change Inspire. Uh, just the words, there's no like dashes or anything. Um, I would like if anyone wants to DM me, and I'm always open for suggestions for partnerships or things like that. So anyone could DM me if they're looking for resources or help. I have some on my page. Um, there's a lot more resources um out there than you may think it's just sometimes it's difficult to find and if you're looking for like a quick resource sometimes it's like ah no there are none but no I, there's there's some that I could provide that they're um that they're a little bit more hidden but I was thankfully enough that they I know that they're useful 
Um, and if anyone is from the New York City area, Christmas is coming up. Uh, usually I do like a a kind of a Christmas giving type of situation where we walk from either Penn or Grand Central to the tree and then, um, you know, give out little Christmas gifts to people that are, you know, without homes. So uh, if anyone's in the New York City area and wants to join me, or even if you're not and you want to make that trip, I definitely am all for it. I love doing that. The more the merrier. Um, and you can make a difference, you know, just because you, you, you may not think, oh, well, I'm helping this one person. That's it. No, because that person can help that person can help that person. Change starts somewhere. So just remember um, to love one another. What would um, what would Jesus do? And yes, well, I think that's what I would like to end on. Love, love is so important. Yes, yes, I think it is. I mean, it's it's not only it's a commandment. I mean, it is what we what we are called to do every day, in spite of you know whatever we're experiencing or endure enduring. Because sometimes we are enduring. Um, but I'm so grateful that you and I had the opportunity to connect and have a dialogue. And I'm definitely going to tap in and, and get some resources from you um, so that I can help um, in whatever ways that I can. Because I think it is, um, I think it's a mission that I've never, homelessness is definitely something I have, um, I often think about and have, you know, created bags and things for. But the link between homelessness and sex trafficking and not really thinking about the circumstances, because I think that's the part, right? Not thinking about the circumstance as to why they are homeless. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes you just like, oh, they're homeless, they need something. But mm -hmm. a lot of them, it sounds, this this is part of their reality. And so I appreciate you bringing that to light on this platform, Faith, Love, and Therapy. And um, I don't think this will be our last time. I hope it won't be our last time that we can you know, have a, a discussion again. Um, mm -hmm. But you all definitely connect with, uh, Raquel, so that we can continue to help her make a a bigger uh, impact. She's already making a great impact, I'm I'm certain, but we can help contribute to what she's already doing in New York. And maybe we'll do something in Virginia. We'll see how that you know how that comes along. Um, but yeah, that would be that would be great. I appreciate you being here. Um, and to all our listeners, I thank you for listening to another episode, and I will see you next time.